0: Please stand and join us as we start our worship with the song, At the Cross.
1: glad we're all here. I'm glad, glad to see you all here. Um, I'm going to open us in a time of prayer and then we'll continue with some worship. So if you could please stay standing, that would be great. Lord, thank you for bringing us here. Um, thank you for um, a service to especially remember what happened on the cross and on Calvary. Lord, I pray that you would just use this time for your glory um, as, as everything we do. Um, just pray that you continue to, to bless us in this time. Amen.
0: Animal. song is his mercy is more
2: Austin and Sue and thank you everyone for joining us tonight you can be seated and let's go and have prayer before the message and then we'll have a short sermon intro video just to help you see some of the stories some of the scriptures some of the, the ideas what we're here to celebrate and to remember tonight let's have a prayer now please bow your heads lord we thank you for this night where we come together we thank you For the body of Christ. We thank you that we can join together wherever we are all over the world and worship our Lord. Lord we thank you for this day. Good Friday and what we remember that Jesus Christ did go to the cross. He went all the way. He did die as an act of love for us. Taking the punishment for our sins so that we might be saved. Lord we thank you for this and we pray now for the rest of the service. May it be a holy, good, glorifying offering to you. Amen. Please watch the screens just for a minute. Thank you for watching that short video. This evening we have gathered together here in Bloomer, Wisconsin to remember what happened nearly 2,000 years ago, what Jesus did for us that day. And we began the the service with a video with different scriptures from that day. And now we have different stories from that day. You see, we remember the scriptures, the stories, the events of that day. We also remember the emblems from that day. Many emblems have been used over the years to symbolize that event, but non, none so common or so potentially rich as the cross. Yet while the cross is so rich in meaning to us today, too often we fail to remember the meaning of the cross. You see, the meaning, the meaning has been lost over the years. So tonight I thought we would look to the cross, but we'd look to three different crosses, it might be a little bit different of a message than what you're thinking of because we're not looking specifically to these three crosses on that hill today. We're going to start with looking to the modern cross. And then we'll look to the Roman cross. And then we'll look to the cross of Jesus. So as we start, I want to talk about the modern cross. And the modern cross is design. And then we'll talk about its purpose. You see, I want you to think for just a moment about how much the symbol of the cross is used in the world today. It's used by various Christian and religious organizations. It decorates houses of worship throughout the world. Our building uses the cross here behind me. It uses a cross on the front of the building. It uses the cross in many symbolic ways. We use it also, the old, rugged, breaking apart cross on the steeple. You see, these crosses have meaning to us. Modern crosses have um, been changed, though, since 2,000 years ago. These days, modern crosses are produced in mass production, in fine polished woods, oak, walnut, cherry, often even stained to match the pews. For outdoor uses, you may even see crosses made out of polished aluminum, bronze, or for the modern look, you might see clear plexiglass or fiberglass, and you may see the cross being made in any color color. You see wooden crosses, you see them painted many times. A lot of times you see these wooden crosses on a hillside, like behind our church here. Or you see them on the side of highways. And often you see these crosses painted, maybe white, maybe brown, but anything to catch people's attention. The cross today, the modern cross, we also see it woven into flags. Woven and and ironed onto t-shirts. We see the modern cross tattooed on bodies We see the modern cross as jewelry items, such as necklaces, earrings, rings, and some of these can be quite exquisite, made out of gold, made out of platinum, made out of silver, including such things as diamonds and rubies and other precious stones. But sometimes these modern crosses are also made out of such things as nails or other recycled items. I once heard of a, another story of a cross being in a catalog, a jewelry catalog, and this cross was advertised as offering a gold electroplated cross with a microdot of the entire Bible in the center so that you could have a piece of God's Word with you wherever you went. You see, they don't make crosses like they used to, the cross has changed. What is the purpose of the cross today? Well, the modern cross is no longer the symbol it was when Jesus hung on it. The modern cross to some has become simply a decoration. Simply another religious symbol devoid of much meaning at all. It's a decoration. It's something pretty to be worn as jewelry, regardless of what one's life may show as having Christ in their life. We see so many people wearing a cross in some way, whose life seems to be void of the evidence of their faith in Christ. We see people wearing crosses while cussing up a storm. We see people wearing crosses while getting drunk at the bar. We see people wearing crosses at parties, doing drugs, beating their spouses or children, or having affairs. I could go on here, but I think you get my point The modern day cross does not always carry the same meaning as too often. We look to the cross and we just see a pretty decoration to wear around our neck, on our finger, on our shirt, on a flag. That's another purpose of or or design of the cross. It's often in flags of countries who don't even worship the Lord as a whole. In fact, their country's policies often go against God's word. What meaning is left in the cross when it's used as a decoration by those that do not truly know, appreciate, love, and follow Jesus as Lord? Why do some rappers and other singers and actors and actresses wear these necklaces yet their lives show no evidence whatsoever of actually knowing Jesus as Lord? What significance does the cross have to them? What do those who reject Jesus actually believe the cross means? Why do they reject the Lord yet carry a cross? The purpose of the modern cross has changed from what it was 2,000 years ago. What did it mean 2,000 years ago? Well, now we're going to look to the Roman cross, starting with its design. The Roman cross was of a different design. There was nothing pretty about it, nothing fun. It was nothing to show off. It was not made of polished wood, smooth and sanded and, and matching the pews it was made of rough timber trees or whatever else was around there was no concern for either its aesthetic appearance or its smoothness in fact somebody could walk up to him fill it and probably get a splinter right then and there there was no standard design some roman crosses were giant x's others looked like a capital t others might look like the cross behind me yet each roman cross fulfilled its purpose of its design You see, the cross was not pretty like it is today. The cross has changed. It was ugly because of what happened on it, not just because of how it looked, too. The common people feared this cross. The Jews despised it. Even the Roman citizens avoided the cross. In fact, Cicero once wrote, Let the very name of the cross be far away not only from the body of a Roman citizen, but even from his thoughts, his eyes, his ears. You see, its purpose was torture and death in the most inhumane, inimaginable ways. Let's talk more about that purpose of the Roman cross and how it's changed from today. The cross, regardless of which design was used, was not made to look nice, but it was made to torture and kill. To make an example of someone the idea for the cross historically is said to have originally came from Persia, where Alexander the Great learned of it and used it. In Persia, it was simply a stake upon which a condemned criminal would be impaled, hung, or hung and killed. The main idea was to hang this person up to put them on display as a warning to those who might want to practice whatever crime they had done. Rome seems to have picked this up, this practice, but they perfected it. Or they refined it in many ways. They didn't just use it as a capital punishment. They used it as an example. They used it as a method of torture, a method of pain, and a method of killing. Rome made it into an instrument of death, of one of the most cruel ways ever imaginable. A cross was usually not much taller than the height of a man. The arms of one being crucified would be stretched out along the crossbeam or between the pieces if it was in the shape of an X. And they'd be fastened either by tying them with cords or using a large, rough, um, large, rough nails or both. In fact, often it might have been both. Because if it was in the hand, it could simply rip through the hand. So sometimes they put it through the wrist so that the bone structure could hold them up. Victims would often, often live days. But they had their methods of making them die sooner with a club if they wanted them to die sooner. They would club break the legs so that they couldn't hold themselves up to breathe. They wouldn't have the blood flow needed to provide the blood flow needed to the heart, the lungs, the brain. As the process continued, the blood to the heart, lungs would become insufficient, resulting in the the victim's death. The victims you could see often pushing themselves up as sometimes they'd put a peg in the the cross so that they could push themselves up to breathe. Why do I tell you all this? I know it's gruesome. I know we don't always think about the cross in this way, but I think it's important for us to really recognize just what Christ did for us. You see, the cross has changed, the meaning's changed, the purpose has changed. It's not just a decoration, it's not just a piece of jewelry, it's not just a tattoo or a t shirt. The cross was a method of torture to the extreme in death. Every breath would be a struggle to the individual. The weight of the body tearing of the flesh where the nails had been driven in, the searing pain increasing each time they tried to raise themselves up to get a breath. And each time as they let themselves down, maybe that splinter, maybe that rough piece of wood going into their back. Did I mention that? You see, the Romans, they didn't just hang them on the cross. They tortured them beforehand, too, with flogging, with whipping. And these floggings, these whippings would often have pieces of shards of pottery and rock and other things in it to be able to rip away at their flesh. The Roman method was very successful at not just killing but torturing and making an example of somebody. No, they don't make crosses like they used to. They no longer have the same purpose. There was nothing nice about it, nothing pretty. Now, finally, let's look at the cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus was a Roman cross, and he went through everything that I have just described and more. Pontius Pilate gave up his fight for justice and what he knew was true and yielded to the demands of the mob as they released Barabbas and tortured, mocked, scourged, and killed Jesus he was then first to carry the crossbeam of that cross, while before him walked a man with the sign proclaiming his crime. Remember what that sign said? It said, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. And on his way to Golgotha, the place of his skull, Jesus collapsed from the physical exhaustion and the loss of blood, and then Simon was pressed into carrying Jesus' crossbeam. When he arrived at Golgotha, they would have had Jesus lay down on top of the cross, nail him down to it, tie him down to it, and lift that cross into the hole, probably jarring him around as they did so. It was upon this Roman cross that Jesus would die three days later. Now, why talk about such a horrific design and purpose of the Roman cross, of Jesus' cross? Because I want you to see the purpose had also changed. You see, he may have been on that Roman cross, but the purpose... Was not Rome's, the purpose was God's. There was victory by Jesus that day. There was victory of love that day. We must see that the cross of Jesus is a cross of punishment. But not just punishment from the Rome, Romans, the punishment of the people. The cross of Jesus was the punishment for our sin, as he took upon himself the wrath of God that we deserved for our sin, and providing a way to life, to hope, to forgiveness. The Roman cross on which Jesus hung failed in its mission that day of the people, but it was successful in the mission of God. The cross of Jesus is not what killed Jesus. In Luke 23, 46, it tells us that Jesus willingly gave up his spirit. It says, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. The purpose of the cross was judgment. The purpose of the cross was also hope. The cross brought execution to Christ and punishment and judgment for our sins. But it wasn't just that that it would bring about. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, He, God, made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The cross of Christ is where Jesus became sin and was judged by God in our place. And Galatians 3.13 reads, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. But as we move from judgment, from punishment, we see the hope. Because of Jesus' willing sacrifice of himself as a payment for our sin on that day, on that cross, The Roman cross became something new, became something different. No longer was this cross just an image, just a symbol of pain and of torture and of death, but it was a symbol of hope. The cross, which was a symbol of death and hopelessness, became a symbol of being restored to God through Jesus. You see, it's still God's desire today to to deliver us from pain, deliver us from the punishment, deliver us from sin and to deliver us to redemption. Galatians 1, 4, Paul states that it was Jesus who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. As Peter put it in 1 Peter 3, 18, he says, Christ also died for sins once for all the just of the unjust in order that he might bring us to God. And 2 Corinthians 5, 19 tells us that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Christ died not for the purpose of Rome, but for the purpose of God, as Romans 5 8 tells us. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Christ died for all of us. That is the purpose of the cross of Jesus. But tragically, most people have forgotten this true background, this true meaning, this true purpose of the cross. What crosses do you bear? That's my closing for today. Closing thought for us to consider. As we consider the three different crosses, the modern cross, which is so often used as a decorative piece for our walls, for our necklaces, for our rings, for our t-shirts, for our clothing, for our yards. But then we consider the Roman cross of torture and pain and death. Then we consider the cross of Jesus, which brought about not just a purpose of torture and death, but a purpose of judgment for sin and hope. And freedom and forgiveness. What cross do you bear? What cross do you remember? Simply put, do you follow Christ as Lord through remembering his sacrifice that day and repenting of your sins, turning to him and confessing that he is Lord You see, it involves believing that Jesus, what Jesus said about himself, that his sacrifice on the cross was sufficient payment for your sin, necessary for your sin, and then confessing your sin, repenting, turning away from your sin, asking forgiveness and following after him. Don't you have to believe in Jesus. You see, even the demons, even Satan believes in Jesus, but we must love and follow Jesus as Lord. Paul states in Galatians 2.20 and other places that the true Christian is to be crucified with Christ and no longer himself living, but Christ living in him. The Christian is to be a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1. But again, too many people don't live this way. Too many people are seen wearing these items, these emblems, these crosses, and yet every single day you don't see them following Christ's ways and truly allowing him to be their Lord, him to be their savior. We try to find other ways. What is the cross to you? What is the cross to you? The cross to me is a symbol of hope. The cross to me is a symbol of forgiveness. The cross to me is a symbol of redemption. The cross to me, although it may be a symbol of great torture, pain, and death, the cross is a symbol of love. You see, we have this cross behind me. We have this cross on the building. We have this cross on the hillside beside me. We have this cross on the steeple. And I just ask you, when you see these crosses, do you see redemption? Do you see love? Do you see forgiveness? Do you see hope? Or do you just see another decorative piece? What cross do you bear with your life as you leave this place? Have you truly trusted in Christ as Lord? Are you following him? Have you seeked his forgiveness and asked him to help you to turn away from that lifestyle and to follow him forevermore as Lord, as Savior, honoring and glorifying him with every single day of your lives? We remember today the cross of Jesus. Remember God's love through Christ. We're gonna pray now and then we'll be taking part in communion together and then we'll have some songs. Please bow your heads, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the cross of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your love, that yet while we are still sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus didn't just live in this world and he didn't just come to this world to to teach us parables and to teach us life lessons, to teach us your ways, Lord, but he went all the way to the cross and died for us as well. And Lord, we thank you that as we celebrate on Sunday, that Jesus did not stay dead, The stone was rolled away and he rose again being victorious over sin, victorious over death and providing hope for our lives to be able to have a restored relationship with you. May we remember all Jesus did this night, but may we also not just end here. May we continue to remember every day of our lives as we honor and glorify you with our lives, going to all nations, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Proclaiming redemption, proclaiming hope. May we proclaim that we know Christ and we want to make him known. May we share our stories and may we know others and their stories. Lord, it's in your holy and powerful name we pray now. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. I'd like to invite the men to come forward or helping serve communion here. And as we serve communion, I just want to welcome all who are here. If you know Jesus is Lord... You're welcome to take part in this with us. It doesn't matter if you're a member of this church body here at Bloomer Baptist Church or not. All that matters is that you're a member of the body of Christ. Have you accepted Christ as Lord, as Savior of your life? But this is also a great time and a perfect time and a time is designed to consider that life that you have in him. Reflect upon that life. Reflect upon Christ's sacrifice. Reflect upon your salvation. Reflect upon what you're doing with that salvation. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. We're going to distribute the bread and the cup here in a moment, separate distributions here but first i just want us to pray about this and i want us to reflect upon it the bread is symbolic of christ's body on that cross taking upon us that sin our sin he was sinless he was perfect he didn't need to do this but he did it because we needed him to reflect upon your salvation let's bow our heads and just have a moment of prayer a moment of silence then prayer Lord, we thank you for this act which you gave us, these ordinances. We thank you for the example that you gave us in your word. We thank you for your word, which is a light to our lives, to our end, and truth. We thank you for Jesus. And Lord, as we take this bread tonight, may we truly reflect upon the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, which was all to show your love for us and provide a way to forgiveness, to restored relationship with you, Lord, we remember his sacrifice, the atonement for our sins, and we say thank you. But we also consider our lives and consider, are we living for you? Have we truly repented of our sins and, and are we following after you as Lord? Have we confessed with our mouths your Lord? Lord, we pray now that all would consider that. And Lord, if, if now's the time, if now's the night that you're tugging at somebody's heart, you're softening their hearts, their minds to accept you as Lord, to follow you, may they do so and do so freely because your grace, your mercy is free to us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus, amen. Men, please stand. Let's do this in remembrance of him. Now, as we take the bread together,
1: and in the same way, he took the cup, and he said, "Those who drink this cup, remember me when I come again." And I think it's such a sweet moment to hear all the little ones talking uh, amongst themselves, because as we remember the death of Christ and the spilling of blood that he gave, we remember the newness of life that that provided. And when I hear the babies just talking in their own little language to each other, it's such a sweet picture that we are God's children, and he went to great lengths to make us his children. Uh, So we'll hand out the cup, and then we'll take it again together. Same way he took the cup. He says, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you think of me. Dear God, thank you for not sparing your own son. Lord, thank you for bringing him down. God, thank you for being a God who can sympathize with us in all of our hurts and all of our burdens. And Lord, I just think of Christ hanging there on the cross when we cry out in our life, when life is not fair, Lord, you know. You know because you hung on that tree for us. You were not guilty of anything, but you allowed yourself to hang there for us. Thank you for that gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Before you leave, we do have one more song, but as we go into this song, I want to just inspire you with one more thought. In that last song we sang, you saw the words "Tremble, tremble, tremble, Do you tremble, tremble, tremble." And then you all saw the words repeated of shouting, "Glory, glory, glory." We well, remember that Jesus did not stay do- dead upon that cross. He didn't stay dead in that tomb. We know from history that Jesus did raise. Being victorious over our sin, victorious over death. I remember the day that I accepted Christ as Lord as a sixth grade kid. All night I just felt like I was trembling. I knew that something serious was happening in my life that night. And ever since I can't help but but shout glory, glory, glory. And what a great representation that song is of communion and of what we're doing. Because in that scripture it also says that we shall proclaim of his death until he comes again. So as we sing this next song, I just want to encourage you, remember the cross, remember the wonderful cross, be trembling, be trembling for what Christ did for you, for us, so that we could have that restored life with God, peace with God the Father in heaven, hope and a future with him forevermore, and shout of the glory that is found in him, in him alone. Let's stand and sing together. for joining with us tonight in the, on this good Friday night. It is good because we know what that cross did. We know there wasn't just a symbol of pain, a symbol of, of execution, a symbol of death. It was a symbol also of redemption, of forgiveness, of peace, with God of hope provided for us. It was a symbol of love. And as you go tonight, I encourage you, please join us Sunday at 9 30 a.m. for worship as we celebrate that our Lord is risen, risen indeed. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love yet while we were still sinners. That you sent Jesus, your one and only son. Lord, that we may not perish, but have life, everlasting life with you and peace with you. Lord, I pray now that anybody who's here tonight that has not accepted Christ as Lord, confess with their mouth that Christ is Lord and ask your forgiveness repented of their sins, turned away, and lived in your light, in your ways. May they do it now, and may they come forward and talk about the new life, the new identity that is found in you. Lord, it's in your holy and powerful name that we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you.